Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast post game. Thanks a ton with John Schuster. I am merely Mike Luke. All right, we got the comments coming in hot and heavy. First and foremost, though, uh, awesome. We're going to talk some Arizona football, obviously. Back the A in full effect. Um, it was a star-studded group of people at this Arizona basketball game. Kevin Durant, uh, Le- uh, LeBron James' son. You might have seen him on the court. Um, and... Uh, Jacob Manu, Noah Fafita, Tedaroa McMillan, a lot of different things. Arizona is a football school after all, but we've got to get through basketball first. Uh, Schuster, this was kind of the uh, the typical Arizona game for me in that SC was overmatched. Arizona gets out big early. SC comes back because Arizona just kind of lets them back in. Then when Arizona plays at their uh, top level, they're really about as good a team as there is in the country. For all of their potential fanfare, uh, you, um, and and of course the other celebrity sighting, which I'm I'm, I'm almost certain would be Mike Luke. Uh, there would uh, you know it was kind of a. It was sort of a pedestrian, uninspiring basketball game generally, right. wasn't it? And it's one of those things that's sort of difficult to criticize, per se, because Arizona did what it was supposed to, more or less. You know, it won by 15 points. It was in control the whole way. Had a number of assists uh, that led to uh, buckets as opposed to one-on-one play. Held USC to something like 40% shooting. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't think it dissuades any of us from what the concern is in regards to how Arizona performs in two different venues. Arizona at McHale is usually, frankly, better than this, uh, but was clearly good enough to never be really threatened in this matchup tonight. But there's nothing again about this game, and who knows what's going to happen, even if they roll UCLA by you know, a Colorado style margin. I think the skepticism is going to be how well does Arizona play away from home? You know, and and I think that Mike is something that's probably going to linger with them for a while and might be a concern even into the tournament. Yeah. This is also a team though, that, I mean, you look around college basketball, I've come to this conclusion as well. And I think a lot of people live in kind of a fishbowl where it's, you know, this only happens to us. There is not a quote unquote great team in college basketball this year. I mean, you look at it, Kansas lost, um, Kansas lost to central Florida, uh, UConn lost to Seton hall. Um, I can keep going on with some other examples. This isn't exactly a squad that or a team that, um, you know, Arizona, it's not really unique, I guess, to college basketball amongst the really good teams. I thought Jay Billis hit the nail on the head where he said, I think Arizona is clearly in that top tier, but there isn't a team that you watch and you're like, all right, they are head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, and, and, and I think, I, yeah, go ahead. And, and I think Mike, the weird thing about the top tier aspect of that is that you look a lot of, at a lot of these teams that are really good, but vulnerable. And you can see maybe another interesting NCAA tournament as a result. Uh, What Arizona has done, and I think a lot of the other teams that fall into the category that you rightfully mentioned, uh, you know that there is going to be some core of those teams with a higher level of talent uh, that's going to make a deep tournament run. But 
it looks like a lot of those teams are potentially susceptible to getting bounced early as well. So it is one of those things where, you know, you're, you're in this position where Arizona appears to have the talent where if they can put some things together, they can be extraordinarily daunting. We've talked about this now on what 16 postgame shows. Uh, but you know, and, and, and I think this is, I think the dog days of college basketball is something that gets overlooked as well. My guess is, Mike, that if you go back to pretty much every previous NCAA season, there's a bunch of upsets around the third, the second and third week in January. Right. You're, you're away from the holidays. You're away from the hype of the, uh, you know, non-conference, uh, maybe tournament games. Uh, you're in the, you're in the grind of, you know, you're back at school, you're into the grind of uh, two a weekend conference, uh, and, and the tournament's still way the hell down the road. Right. So, you, you know, I think going, like a lot of really good teams, you're just kind of going through the motions to a certain degree. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and it's probably, this is nothing new. Now, I understand that it's frustrating because Arizona doesn't look as good as they should. I think we all agree with that. We all understand that. But your point is spot on, and I think it has a lot to do with, you know, a, vari a variety of things. And you've and between the two of us, I think we've touched on a lot of them. I think the dog day th thing is important. Mid to late January is just a difficult time to continue to win in college basketball, and you see a lot of upsets around this time of year. And and that nobody is separating as a result, you can see this being maybe not a wide open field because one of the teams you mentioned is probably going to be standing close to the end, if not at the end. Uh, but you can still see a lot of uh, favorable seeds uh, up against it a little bit in the first weekend. And frankly, the way Arizona's playing right now or looks right now, you know, they are one of those core. Uh, and, and maybe a lot of those other teams, Mike, as you noted, fall under that category as well. Okay, now one thing that is a little unique, uh, 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 we saw Jaden Bradley started the second half. I like this. Um, I like Bradley. I think that uh, when Jaden Bradley comes in, I think that things change defensively. He's uh, he's active. I don't think he's nearly as bad offensively as some people make him out to be. I also think this is a little bit of starting to hold Kylan Boswell accountable. Um, something, and again. Um, Boswell is a very good player, but there's also something to the degree where it's like, all right, um, it, we need more out of you. I like starting Jaden Bradley in that second half. I'm a big fan of starting Jaden Bradley in that second half. A big fan, Mike Luke says. I, I, have nothing, I, I have nothing against him. We've talked about this on this show before. One of the reasons that you have depth is so that you can go to your bench. And one of the great motivators potentially is uh, putting someone on the bench as a result of not performing particularly well. And, and and maybe that's the type of motivation that uh, uh, Boswell needs. There may be a, a lot of communication going on behind the scenes, uh, but it's, it's pretty clear at this stage that Boswell isn't playing as well as we know he's capable of playing. The reasons for that are probably a little bit more difficult to dissect. But uh, if at some point, you know, to hold somebody accountable, this is the best way to do it. You right. bench them. And, and, and if Bradley is playing better, it might give Arizona the kind of spark that they like. Usually guys like this, Mike, one of the things you like coming off the bench is someone with some sort of identity that mm -hmm. isn't particularly generic, does something specifically well that kind of sparks the team uh, when he's in the game. And maybe Bradley defensively on the perimeter is somebody uh, who can do that because the easiest way at this stage for Arizona to be more active 
is to be more aggressive, I think, defensively on the perimeter and utilize their athleticism and length to try to get into transition on the open floor. And Bradley may be better suited for that right now. I think there's a big question, though, that we haven't really discussed. How many of these players do you think went to Circle K at some point during during this week? Because I think maybe the lethargic performance has to do with Circle K not maybe being in the equation. What say you, John Schuster? I think that's a very real possibility, and I've uh, I, I've heard through many of my uh, inner circle sources uh, that perhaps the Wildcat basketball team has not been there as consistently as they should. And you know, the problem, here's the thing that is unacceptable about ki- these kids not going to Circle K. There's literally one right down the street on 6th Street. Check it out. Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. And one thing that it did feel like, it felt like there were some OGs that was maybe in the mix, uh, John Schuster. Hmm. Well, I mean, you're the one who understands the OG in the mix. And I can tell you how, because you have the read in front of you that you are about to provide at this very second. All right. To learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them, head on over to OGsBrands.com. Shoe, that shirt is fantastic as always. We do uh, we do appreciate that. Again, everybody, we're going to get into Arizona football here in just a second. Just a second. By the way, Jed Rottenfish is not in the inner circle. We agree with this. He is not in the inner circle. Um, Here's where I'm at, though, with the Pac-12. Right now, uh, Oregon is the uh, Oregon's the team to beat. Um, they're undefeated, and uh, their um, Arizona fans need to be rooting against Oregon. Uh, they play Colorado. They're starting to get healthy. Where Arizona is at a little bit of a, a disadvantage right now is that you drop two games against two kind of bum teams. Um, I think the Stanford game you're okay with because, listen, anytime that the team shoots 19 of 12 from three-point range, you know, you're not going to beat a team shooting 164% from three. Totally get it. But the Washington State game was the one to me where you just, it looked like you didn't, you were just kind of going through the motions. That to me is the one that can't happen. We don't like that. Um, and not only do we not like that, um, it gave away a game that I don't think that we should have lost, Sean Schuster. Do you think Oregon's better than Arizona? Or do you think uh, Oregon's just perhaps in a more advantageous position to win the conference regular season? You no, know, I don't know. Uh, I think Arizona's better. I because I again I am still going to pick Arizona. I am backing the A uh come March. I think Arizona's gonna win it all. And, but Oregon, Oregon's about to get really tough because they got just got their best player back and in Folly Dante, their big man. Uh they're gonna probably get Biddle back in a couple weeks. Oregon's gonna be a problem. Um and the fact they've been able to win all these games without him, I think, is uh, obviously uh, uh, something that's good. I still think that Arizona, I think, and this game showed this to me again, I still believe that Ara's, uh, Arizona's upside, I believe, is pr- better than any team in the country. I think when Arizona is clicking and Arizona is really rocking and rolling, I think their upside is the best team in the country. Okay. Uh, and and again, those those are two very different things. You want Arizona to win the regular season element of the uh, conference, of course, of the Pac-X, of course. And you'd like to see them win the uh, conference uh, tournament. But obviously, the main goal is uh, to see how well you can do and whether you're prepared enough to make the deep tournament run uh, The wild that, that the Wildcat program and Wildcat fans uh, ultimately deserve. So I was just curious what, you, you know, be, be, because they are two different things. Uh, you don't have to necessarily be the 
best team in a conference to win the conference, and especially when you have some of the staggered schedules and other things going on, injuries and so forth throughout the course of the year. A variety of different things that can go into that. But, you know, maybe it's it, it clearly doesn't look like a conference that's going to get a lot of teams in the tournament. But uh, I guess in its final year, uh, hopefully Arizona and to some extent uh, Oregon represents the uh, the last dying gasps of uh, the uh, remnant of the West Coast Power Five. Uh, the conference of champions or champions, as the case may be, as it goes fleeting All right. away. We are a football school. We'll get back to some basketball here in a few minutes because we still got some reads. But... David Blattman, the great David Blattman. I don't think I've ever spent so much time during Arizona basketball game in mid-January thinking about Arizona football. What a world. All right. Um, first of all, um, I I have no problem with Jed Fish leaving to Washington. It's You're getting paid $55 million. It is what it is. I get that. Um, I do have a problem with how he left. I did not like the video that they put out where um, – Right after he said that he was heartbroken that he had to leave this team, he's smiling in Tucson with the Washington AD. I thought that was kind of unnecessary, to be honest with you. And I also, I'm not a big fan of if you're preaching, uh, if you're preaching family, you're preaching all of this, and then you, um, and yes, Jacob Franklin, that is it. Um, but I am, if you're preaching, uh, if you're preaching family, loyalty, love, and you show up for essentially three minutes, and by all accounts, I had a lot of people in the meeting tell me this, that Jed Fish showed up and said, guys, I'm going to Washington, wish you nothing but the best, uh, I got a plane to catch, see ya. Um, I think you owe those guys a little bit more, especially when you had players on this, uh, players on this roster who are who turned down millions of dollars. We're going to get to the good stuff, Cosmic Contrarian. Don't worry about it. Um, but I, I didn't like how he left. That being said, I'm going to say this. All that happening, if Noah Fafita, if T-Mac, if all of them come back, you could be looking at a 30 for 30 type thing. And not only that, I think Noah Fafita, being that he would be here three more years, having the opportunity to leave when he did, I think you start looking at somebody that's going to be one of the most beloved figures in Arizona football history, John Schuster. Yeah, very well could be. And hopefully that's the uh, scenario that plays out. I'm going to take a slightly different tack because I know this has been very understandably emotional uh, for a frustrated fan base because it happened so quickly and it just didn't feel it felt like there was a lot of jilting going on. But Jed Fish, once we pull away from this a little bit, deserves to be thanked. Because he he did what a coach is supposed to do. He left the program better than he found it. And if Brennan had come into this coaching position in the last cycle before Jed Fish, he is starting from the same bedrock location that Fish does, and we don't know if we're in this position right now. But that it, it, that's one of the so so Fish to his credit, and I understand this is the level why it's frustrating because Arizona is going to be in a what if situation if they end up six and six next year or eight and four next year or don't you know ex uh, exceed what a lot of people think they could. But Fish is has created a very unique situation, very unusual situation for Arizona football. That hasn't happened since 1986. Consider that for a moment. 1986 and even your 50th, uh, your 50th birth year. Uh, some have told me, uh, have suggested that you should add some centuries to that. But, um, you know, nevertheless, you Arizona prior to Jed Fish 
was a job that coaches went to if they wanted the end of their collegiate career. Nobody got a better job after they were a head coach at the University of Arizona. This was a mortuary job. Jed Fish has turned it at least into a stepping stone job. To get to a stepping stone job, that means that you have to have left the program in better shape than you found it. And he deserves, I think, all kinds of credit for that, despite the frustration of the way that the exit ultimately occurred. You know, I I agree with that, but I will say I think it's a little bit different in the portal era. He tried his hardest to gut this roster by all by all. Um, he wanted all of these players to follow him, and I think what's interesting about this is that they didn't follow. They didn't follow him. Well, um, you, you look at go you ahead. Look at, you look at when when players. When when player when coaches leave when players leave, um, generally they take a lot of guys with them. Uh, look at Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley went to SC. He took the number one draft pick with him, Caleb Williams, Mario uh, Williams, a wide receiver. Took absolutely no time following him. I think that when he left here, I th- think that he thought that he was going to get all of these players to follow him, and so far that has not happened. Um, and to me, I, I listen. I think a big part of this, I think a big part of this is is spite by some of these players. And I actually say that in a good way. I talked with a parent who said something to the, uh, talk to the extent where, and I thought this was an interesting point. He said, listen, um, I don't want to get into all of this, but he said, my family has done a real, a real service to We've done a lot of work for him, keeping this roster together over the years, bringing in players. All I wanted was a phone call. I wouldn't have talked him out of it. I would have just thought that with as much time and effort as we put in and as much time as he asked us to put in, I just felt that I just needed, and he said, I didn't care if it was a five second phone call. And if it was five seconds before he announced I felt that we deserve not to be blindsided by this at the very last second. And that to me is that to me is something that I that sticks with me, John Schuster. Well, okay. And and that's and 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 that's completely understandable. And I hear where you're coming from, and I don't disagree, disagree. with no, no, I don't disagree. However, not everybody bailed on him. And uh, you, you know, he's got what half of his coaching staff still went up with him for for, for Washington. So it would suggest to me that half of his coaching staff doesn't. Well, they're getting a lot more money. They're getting well, a lot more money. I'm well, talking about the players. Well, no, nevertheless, well, well, and certainly the players could get a lot more money uh, if they decided to leave too, and they still might, you know. But if a lot of them stay, that's awesome for Arizona, at least in the short term. And it's up to Brennan to be able to continue to recruit to try to put them in a good position. So if Fish's sales pitch, and I'm not sure if it was a sales pitch, it may have been Washington you know, was on option one that didn't work, option two that didn't work, and was afraid that their roster was going to be completely gutted and need to make needed to make the same hire. I heard, you, you know, you and Sheer were talking about this, have been talking about this for the last three or four days or whatever, and how fast this process works. Uh, you know, hey, maybe Brennan's about to do a, a, an exceptional job, keep a bunch of people here, uh, you know, lay down, you, you know, a foundation that uh, players ultimately like. And, you know, the Cats... Uh, are very good next year, but you know, maybe we'll find out down the road that perhaps, you know, Jed fish uh, ultimately made some sort of a career mistake. But again, all of this still gets us to the same place. And the same place is Arizona is better now than it was before he got here. 
And the guy and and the reason he left is because he took a gig for fifty four million dollars. Right. So, no, I, I, I don't. Mean, I don't begrudge that. That's that's even with the well, he could have done this better. True. He could have done that better. True. He could have done three better and four better, and he could have been, been a lot more. You know, uh, he could have been a lot more Kalen DeBoer about his departure than he ultimately was. Jet Fit. All of that's true, but in the end, it's still the same bottom line. And better players have an opportunity to stay here. And so Arizona football also has an opportunity to be pretty good as a result. Here's all the other part that I don't like. And then we're going to get back to Dwayne Aquino. We're going to get back because I thought that was an interesting point. Um, the other thing I didn't like is the agent reaching out to uh, pretty much everybody in the Tucson media and trying to um, push a push a narrative that wasn't true, where he said, well, they didn't even really talk about a contract until uh, since September. Well, I got a problem with that when you're pushing that because I have J I have Jetfish on Jim Rome saying we're working on it and we're almost there. So I also don't like the misdirection behind the scenes where you have an agent essentially calling people in the Tucson media and then saying something that just wasn't true. To me, that was all unnecessary. I get what you're saying about leaving a better roster. I get all that. But there's also something to be said when you're trying to do the misdirection, the sleight of hand after leaving. Just own it. All you have to do is just say this. I left for a job that's paying me $55 million. Cool. Don't have your agent start calling people in the Tucson media, making up stuff about how um, Arizona wasn't even talking to you about a contract extension where you're literally right on Jim Rome last week talking about that. That to me is where you totally lose me in the grand scheme of things. Take the money, leave totally cool. Don't try to come back then and undermine Arizona when let's be honest, Arizona was the only school that was taking a chance on jet fish. No other schools were ever interviewing Jed Fish for a head coaching opportunity. This wasn't like he was turning down Michigan to come to Arizona. This was a Arizona put Arizona put their their neck out on the line for him. And again, Jed Fish performed. Take the money. You don't have to try to undermine them on your way out. That's okay. my problem. Okay. Uh, fine. Um, even with all those problems, again, we get to the same place. Uh, and, and, but at the same place, there was something that Shear said, um, you know, that when, and, and there, there are a lot of really interesting conversations that you and he, Shear have had over the course of the last few, few My, days. I make better points than she. Well, I, I, you know, I think, uh, well, except that you're at least one dog in the background less than Shear, which I think you really have to work out. I really want to get a broadcast with Shear and Brad Alice at the same time to count how many dogs are in the screen. Uh, and, and I want to know what the uh, gambling side over under is uh, ultimately on that one. But that as an aside, I think you're, you know, you're still in this situation where I completely forgot the point that I was trying to make. So because I'm old and have many centuries, I'm going to remember that point in about 90 seconds. So go ahead and talk about something right, else. Posh, I'll remember the point and then we'll go from there. The great P posh. Robbins and Hickey were absolutely crucified for hiring fish, and he grabbed the first bag of cash Washington waved at him. I don't blame him for grabbing the first bag of cash. I blame him for trying to undermine them on the way out. Okay, that 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 was helpful. Thank you for bringing that up. That was the point I was trying to get to. Shear made some comment about how Arizona just wasn't going to be able to wasn't going to pay Washington money. Why not? Because they don't if have you're, to be if you're in an arms race. 
And how many times did I hear you say, and Anthony say, and Spear and, and Shear say that uh, the $240 million was meaningless? A bunch. Because you're going to tell me right now the $240 million was meaningless. I am. Okay. If the $240 million was meaningless and your contract offer was good, five mil, whatever it was, uh, you know, and you're trying to, you, you know, bring up the others as well. If you're in an arms race and you think that the coach is good and you want to keep the coach and maybe you got to pay. And they didn't match the offer. But you also don't have, and again, you don't have Big Ten money. You don't have that Big Ten contract money, which is a drastically different okay. 70 million then annually. You, exactly. And you just walked into something. So if you're, if the, what you are seeing, and we've seen this at Arizona now, is a much bigger problem. We've seen a baseball coach leave to the SEC, which has mm -hmm. deeper pockets. Why? Because he took, he got more money. We've now seen a football coach from Arizona leave to a, a, a future Big Ten school. Why? Because they have more money. Other reasons are in that as well. But in the end, they have more money that Arizona is not able to match. So if Arizona can't match a coach's salary and can't match you from NIL, at what point do we see a separation in programs between the haves and the have-nots and Arizona is on the wrong end of that? That, to me is from a longer term standpoint here, a much bigger concern. Well, the other problem that I also think is the ABOR is Arizona in, in the state of Arizona, you can only offer five-year contracts. You can't offer seven-year contracts. Arizona is not able to offer more than five years. Jed Fish got a seven-year $55 million deal. That Those extra two years at three million more per year. That's a big deal. So yes, Arizona does not have that money. Now, I think the big part of this is a big part of this is too, is making sure that you are at least have your, cause there's going to be another massive blow up in, uh, in college athletics here in the next five or six years. And that's why to me, it was important to get to the big 12 because you at least want to have a seat at the table. I think we're eventually going towards a two, basically a two entity, yeah, there's going to be a two-tier situation. With it's going to be the big – essentially, for lack mm -hmm. of a better term, it's going to be the Big Ten. It's going to be the SEC, and that's going to be it. What The, the most important yeah, – I think it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC. Okay. And they're going to – anyway, go ahead. But the most important thing – the most important thing is to be able to have a seat at the table, to be in a conference. And that, to me, at a conference that is actually sustainable in a certain way, like the Big 12 is, like the ACC is, obviously these are not the Big 10 or the SEC. Totally get all of that. But you needed to be in something where you didn't want to be Oregon State, you didn't want to be Washington State, where you're left totally on the outside and you're basically going to be in no man's land. That being said – $31 million is not $70 million. So again, Arizona did not have that money. And again, like I feel almost feel like we're talking past each other a bit. I don't have a problem with him taking the money. I just have a problem with him doing it in the manner he did. But more so than anything, undermining Arizona on the way out when Arizona was the uh, Arizona was the school that gave you a chance. Take the job, got more money, head out. Kalen DeBoer did it right. I, you know, guys i never thought i was going to really leave i left um i just think that w when you when you start going down the weasley uh you know oh well they did this they didn't do this for me that to me is also kind of snake oil and it looks at a guy a resume where a guy's been there for essentially two years at every single job that to sure. me is the issue 
which we knew that uh, was a concern coming in. But the concern I think we had coming in about Fish's uh, longevity was whether he was actually going to win at Arizona. And, yeah. and, and, and at the time, consider, before this last week, how many times? Dozens? Hundreds? Everyone in the media and people, you know, fans up and down the run. Fish said the right thing. Fish said the right thing. He dropped Tommy. He brought in Gronkowski. He connected Brewski. He he figured out a way to navigate the alumni. That to me is even the worst part about this is that he wasn't a neophyte with this. He knew what he was doing. It was all calculated. And he knew what he was doing on the way out as well. That's what bothers me more. I wish it was a rich rod where you didn't even know what was going on on social media. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't wish it was Rich Rod because Brennan has better talent in this roster right now. So even if Fish tried to blindside you, if most of the players stay, then it failed. And he went to another job with an opportunity to win there. And you're going to hear a lot about Don James. You're going to hear a lot about Entman. And you're going to hear a lot about, you know, bringing back Warren Moore. You're going to hear, you you know, it's going to be the exact, just change the names from whatever the blueprint was that Fish had in Tucson. He's going to use in Seattle as well. And it might work. You know, whatever it was that Fish did between the lines worked. And his reclamation project at this school is absolutely remarkable. And again, I get that the last week sucked. I get it. And I'm not I'm I'm really not in I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but I oh, just feel like I feel like there's I feel like there's more here. And, and and there are more elements in a lot of different peripherals that I think will be interesting as uh yeah. you know the months progress and we can separate ourselves. And one of you talked about a couple issues that I thought were fairly interesting, kind of in passing, and one of them is the Board of Regions. I don't know. Has has anybody the, the Board of Regions to me is one of these great examples of bureaucracy in that they've been around for as long as any of us remember. So we kind of take them for granted. And as a result, nobody really asks, what the hell do they do? And why do we have them? And, And this may be an example in the modern era of and remember, I'm, I'm just quoting what Shear said on your show two or three days ago. Things happen fast. You got to make, you got to hire a coach. It was either you, it was you and or Shear who said Arizona's got to hire a coach by Wednesday, which they did. You know, which means quick. You got the the belief is that because of the portal, you've got to make a you got to make moves fast, a lot faster than you could the last time around. So something like the Board of Regents might be a bureaucratic um, slog. That works against modern athletics in the in, in a new transfer portal yep. big ABR money TV contract era. The ABOR, I always imagine being like twelve Michael Crows that are there and they look at sports and they're like, not cool, not cool. All right, now we're going to talk about the roster and uh, Brent Brennan because I thought he had made a lot of really good points here. And again, this is when you know. I guess that you could actually, <laughs> never mind. All right. Now you might say to yourself before the season, Mike Luke, how many wins did you pick for Arizona? I picked 10. Actually, I didn't. I picked seven. Um, John Schuster. How many did you pick? John Schuster picked zero. Actually, he didn't pick zero, but um, the bed. I don't think Mike app, Luke ever asked. The bed MGM sportsbook app is where it is at. Check it out. Sign up for bed MGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app for at least $5. You will receive 158, not 157, 158. Instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for details. Now let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hopenny 467 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050 Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. All right. I want to give my guy Dave Hickey a lot of credit too. Dave gets beat up all the time. I don't like it. Um, I want to say this. Um, when Dave Hickey took, and I think this is very important for people to remember when, because Dave gets beat up a lot. Um, when Dave Hickey took over every state there, this, these programs were in total disarray. You had football players, you had football players, uh, beating up their choking out their girlfriends, getting five to 20 year sentences. You had track coaches threatening to kill their, uh, getting also, uh, major, uh, you had a basketball program with a basketball player that was already in huge, uh, Huge trouble. You also, again, I can keep going. It was a litany. Every single week, it felt like something else was happening. When Jed, when uh, Dave Hickey got here, that got cleaned up. And I think that is a big thing that I think a lot of people don't necessarily give the man credit for. This was a mess that Dave Hickey inherited from an off-the-field perspective. Forget on the field. This was an off. This was an off-the-field mess. You have not had those issues since he has been here. And again, I think that's a big part of it. Again, it's not necessary. It's not the whole thing, obviously, but I also enjoy looking now and not realizing that every time I open the newspaper or whatever entity you did, uh, you're like, oh, who's the latest player that's choking out a co-ed? I mean, that is that to me means something because it got embarrassing and he cleaned that up. And I think you've got to give him a lot of credit for that, John. Schuster. But isn't it also remarkable that uh, even though it feels like Greg Byrne did everything he could to Chernobyl the program years after he's still not athletic director, he managed to Chernobyl the, the football program. Right. And I ab- absolutely, he's not even involved. He's not even around. And yet that Alabama hire sent a seismic ripple throughout the entirety of college basketball and Arizona got swarmed under it. And uh, the, it's uh, all, all of the things you mentioned were uh, in the midst of the burn regime. And uh, here's one that indirectly, uh, you know, requires Hickey to try to make a hire on the fly. And I guess to Brennan's credit, if it's true that Brennan was part of the interviewing process before, uh, that Brennan was still and didn't get it, that Brennan didn't feel jilted and was still willing to have that conversation to come here. So he's got to think there's something here, apparently. And, you know, All maybe right. that's and, good news. And, and, and Jose, this, this, listen, he's, he takes a huge L. He takes a huge L for Kevin Sumlin. There's no excusing it. There's, you know, listen, it, it is what it is. Um, Jed fish. We don't like, I don't like Jed fish personally for what he did, but we're just coming off one of the best uh, seasons in U of a football history. And if all these players come back, this is going to be an absolutely loaded roster. So anyway, you put it, even though I think he was slimy, Jed fish was an awesome hire because of what he was able to do. The Bre- Brent Brennan, you got Brent Brennan within 48 hours. I thought in this day and age, this isn't like it was back in the uh, 30s or whatever, where you could wait uh, three months and who cares? You've got to make a hire now because you could hemorrhage that roster. He obviously knew who he wanted. He made that play. He made it happen. Then uh, I think he handled the Sean Miller situation perfectly. Um, listen, Miller's road, Miller's road it was, was at its end here. Um, I, I don't think that I'm really breaking any news. Um, you didn't have a tournament win in five years and everybody was just kind of beaten down. Uh, 
He's not the easiest guy in the world to be around behind the scenes, all of that. Then he hired Tommy Lloyd. Now, Lloyd has not been perfect. His NCAA tournament has not been good. But you can tell on the on the court, he's brought a top 10 product. And not only that, he's done it in a friendly way. He hasn't been combative. And I think he's provided a breath of fresh air. So overall, though, again, the someone higher, total F. But over other than that, I, and cleaning up, I got to give Dave Hickey a lot of credit, John. And I think, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I think based on the things that you laid out there, I, I, I agree with that. That said, there's a caveat here. If, if you believe college athletics has changed or is about to change, uh, you have now lost a baseball coach that you wanted to keep who won a national title somewhere else. And you lost a football coach who won you 10 games uh, that is going to a program that was in the national title game just a couple weeks ago. So your you, the changes you have to make now are when these situations come up, you've got to figure out inventive ways to be able to match them financially or provide something else out there uh, that makes Arizona a desirable location to keep this athletic department in a good situation that allows it to be competitive on a national level. When I fear that the SEC and the Big Ten from an overall money standpoint are going to continue to separate. And one of the things, Mike, about that that you mentioned is that you talked about how it's better to be in the Big 12 and it's better to be in the ACC and all the rest of it. And those things are true. Clearly, you don't want to be Oregon State and Washington State. But right now, Florida State wants nothing to do with the ACC. No doubt. Why? Because they think the ACC cannot favorably compete because of the of the broadcast deals in the Big Ten and the SEC. So if they feel that way about their conference, which is on par with the Big 12, then, you know, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of separation we're staring at here and how it is. And this is Hickey's responsibility as long as we're here. How well he can navigate that when you're throwing the amount of money that is at historic levels that we haven't seen in college athletics before for a variety of legislative reasons. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that Dave Hickey has ever had some burrows? Uh, you know, it, it, that, that may be one of the most incredible questions of the show. And, you know, I, have you had, you, some you're, you're an, in, you're an inside source on this one. So I'll have leave you that had some burrows. Uh, no. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jacob Franklin has though. No, All right. Check out, some, check out some burrows. Let them cater your next meal, big or small order online or find one near you by visiting some burrows.com. All right. Now, one thing, um, all right, now, Keona Wilhite, definitely in play. We will find that one out, Irish Mike. Great question. I apologize for ignoring that. Um, now, uh, Dwayne Aquina certainly seems like he's going to be back on the staff in some capacity. Brent Brennan uh, mentioned that. Um, what we're also finding out, too, and take it for what it's worth, is that a lot of these assistants didn't really get along with Jet Fish, or at least some of these guys. Johnny Nansen booked it, didn't get along with him. Uh, Dwayne Aquina didn't get along with him either. Dwayne Aquina is coming back. I think Dwayne Aquina is a, um, I feel very comfortable with Dwayne Aquina on staff. I don't want him ever running my offense. I've seen that game and it was one of the worst. It was, it made, um, it made these Iowa teams look like the greatest <laughs> show on turf. No, it didn't. It wasn't quite that bad. Iowa was really bad. Now, granted, Arizona's I'm offense. Light on, was bad. By the way, I'm turning uh, the A on. Go ahead, John Schuster. Talk. Oh, you're you're turning the A on. Well, you know, uh, I think 
again, a lot of the things that uh, work in these situations. And and this is one of the things that I'll, I'll, I'll admit kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable here. Because uh, prior to last week, nobody ever said publicly in any forum anything negative about Jed Fish. Nothing. He was he was building the program again. He was saying the right things. He was cultivating alumni. He had the uh, crowd behind him. He had the university behind him. He had students behind him. They loved this guy. And in conversations and platforms like this, it was almost never that anybody said anything negative about Fish. And now that he's gone, you know, all of a sudden, well, that was bad, and that was bad, no. and that was bad, and that was bad. You know what? Tell me that that was bad when no, he was but here. The thing about it though, is you have more knowledge at the point. This point, though, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not putting him down for Dwayne Aquina and Johnny Nansen not getting along with him. But what I'm going to say is this: is that as soon as the season was over, Dwayne Aquina was off to Texas. Now that Brent Brennan is back here at Tucson, guess who's back in Tucson? Dwayne Aquino, again, I'm not bashing Jed Fish. Some people just don't get along with each other. But you also, I think, what you also know, though, too, is when you have more information. I know for a fact, when I'm receiving a phone call or somebody else is receiving a phone call from Jed Fish's agent talking about a bunch of stuff that isn't true, looking to undermine Arizona, that's information that I didn't have before. It's So I think that also has to come in how all right go ahead what do you got no 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 i'm going to i'm going to believe what you're saying i find it hard to believe to a large degree that uh you know the massive piling on of negativity wasn't known prior to that but nevertheless that's that's perhaps neither here nor there as far as you know bringing someone like akina back to the program i hope that he does well and i hope that brennan is able to frankly, use a lot of uh, the fish blueprint to be successful here uh, because that that blueprint was, you know, that 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 blueprint worked. And hopefully Brennan can tap into that and be successful and get and utilize the recruiting necessary and, you know, whatever imaginative NIL is out there uh, to be successful and give Arizona opportunities. Listen, to I'm give, I'll, I'll give Jed Fish a lot of credit on a lot of different things. First of all, he clearly understood the template on how to win at Arizona. And that is something that has basically befuddled almost every single, let's be honest, every single coach since maybe even Larry Smith in that he knew, he knew the importance of, if I'm going to miss on a player, I'm going to miss big. This was the first year in forever where it felt like Arizona was able to hold their own against every single talented team they played on both sides of the line. It wasn't a rich rod thing where you felt like you were just kind of out scheming people, but you know, this, this thing was going to come and it felt like there was a depth aspect to this team. Again, not great depth, but it was only here three years. There was a talent level on this team that we haven't seen in more than 20 years. That is all on Jed fish and their ability to be able to develop that talent. A lot of these guys that we're talking about were two and or were three star kids. These weren't fought, not, they weren't all like McMillan's where they were five star players. They, what he did as far as being able to to be able to recruit, to be able to develop, and to be able to have an overarching vision of, I'm not going to be able to get the big offensive linemen from SEC country. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get the big Polynesians. That is something that we hadn't seen here since Dick Tomey. He deserves all the credit in the world for that because, again, 
that is something that's a template that no coach has ever been able to work with here. So again, and sustained it. And it felt like if Jed Fish had stayed at Arizona, he would have been able to sustain it. It didn't feel fluky at all. So on the field, what he was able to do from a talent acquisition perspective, absolutely fantastic. What he was able to do by getting the community involved, super good. All of that. I mean, those are A pluses across the board. But like I said, but when you leave, and you kind of go about looking to undermine the people that gave you that, that to me is what really kind of, I think left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. It absolutely did. No, no, no. The sour taste in everybody's mouth is deserved. Your frustration with the way that fish left in the last week, it wasn't his best performance. Uh, Whether that's the real Jed fish and we got played, none of that matters. Arizona has an, uh, he, he, you just laid it out. Fish did something that nobody else has done at Arizona. His template worked. Yep. So okay. you have an opportunity with the next guy to utilize the template and see if he's good enough to make it work as well. Before Jed Fish, in the modern era of Arizona football, whatever you want to dictate as the modern era of Arizona football, you didn't feel like they had been able to crack whatever the difficult code was. Well, now you had a you had a guy who pieced the jigsaw together. Yeah. So Brennan comes into a program with an opportunity to be on much more solid footing than he was before. Here's the reality. As frustrating as it was, it's the past. Jed Fish is gone. So now you have an opportunity and a new adventure in a new conference to see if Brennan can win at Arizona, and he may be able to do it with a template that was laid out from a coach that we feel jilted about who up until last week was all, was about to get a statue next to Lute Olson. Uh, so good, even though he may be the biggest ass in football, but you now know what you can do to give yourself an opportunity to win at Arizona and maybe win at a higher level than we anticipated. And if you can do that, you know, uh, maybe other coaches can do that as well. And if that's the case, we ought to thank Fish, I think, for being able to perform that as well as he did. Maybe that's good news for the future of the program. Do you think with all that money that he's probably going to be using the Desert Financial Credit Union? No, because he's in the Northwest. But that doesn't mean that you can't still do something out here, I would assume. I yeah. would uh I'm I'm all right with that. I think he's gonna use the Desert Financial Credit Union because again, he's got a lot of money looking to put it around, you know, and he knows that they're about the community, their family. It's personal with the Desert Financial Credit Union. When you open a free checking account online, get two hundred dollars in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash two hundred desert financial credit union. Now let's go to the desert finance back to basketball. Let's go back to the desert financial credit union by the numbers. Um, all right, now. Um, and we're going to get to that point right there, Adam. That's a great point. All right, now Arizona 8267. Um, Arizona just uh you know, I don't know what really to say other than Arizona was just better than USC, period. That was well said. Yeah, uh, hey, look look what uh, look 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 what Arizona did in that last category that uh, Shu likes to bring up a lot. What'd they do, Mike Luke? Um, they rebounded. Woohoo! Yes, there it is. Uh, and uh, you keep doing that, you're gonna give yourself some opportunities even in games with that that are relatively pedestrian. SC seems like one of those teams that uh, maybe the season's just 
luck isn't on their side. Maybe the season they, they aren't going to have enough time in the season to get everybody kind of acclimated with the talent that could be on the roster. I think to a large degree, it's kind of a frustrating uh, year uh, for them as they just kind of you know saddle what? along. But you'd sort of like them to have an opportunity to get a little better, maybe. Or maybe we don't care because they're going to the Big Ten. Back to Jed Fish just for a second. One thing I do want to say, though, and again, I know we're moving on, but again, sorry, this is Elixir for me. One thing that I didn't understand, and again, I'm I'm wrong on almost everything. This is Elixir for me. For, I'm wrong on almost everything, but the one thing that was very clear to me this offseason and during fall camp was that Noah Fafita was the best quarterback on this roster, um, and it wasn't even close. Jed Fish, this is one thing that I think you've got to, you you at least got to keep in mind. And again, Arizona won 10 games. It's a bottom line business. That's all that matters. Jed Fish didn't play the best quarterback on the roster and one of the best in the country for the first four, five games of the season. And he was drag kicking and screaming into putting uh, Fafita in there after the JDL injury. Let's be honest here. If JDL is the starter, you're probably looking at a six and six team. And you're like looking that. at a six and six team where uh, that coach is not uh, coaching at another school. Take Correct. That for what it's so worth. That's I'm also right. something too. To it'll be interesting to see how he does at Washington because he didn't want to put Noah Fafita in there clearly, and he clearly didn't understand how good Noah Fafita is. So that's something that we also need to keep in mind here. I think that's fair, and I think the uh, you know the contrast to that is that uh, Fish appeared to have once it was finally in the game, he 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 appeared to communicate pretty well with Fafita, and probably I think you could favorably argue helped to make Fafita a better quarterback, uh, which is. Again, good news for the next regime if Fafita stays in the program. All right. On that note, very much appreciate all of you. The head of Barstool. Yeah, David Blattman. Thank you. That is him, Jacob Franklin. All of you guys out there, make you a uh, – you guys are fantastic. Appreciate all of you. Um, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes making us look better than we should. We will be back tomorrow at 1030. But again, back the A. Appreciate all of you. Back John Schuster. I am merely Mike Luke. You have you've been listening. Well, behind you is an A. So we're all in, in front of that while we back that. You have been listening to the AC Wildcats postgame. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. <laughs>